Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Boom! Welcome to NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here tonight with Wes Johnson, Jason Bowen, Cody Spears. I think we got a full group tonight. We're going to talk about. Let's see, week 12 is in the rear view of the NFL and week 13 is afoot. I want to ask the group for a couple a couple tidbits, nuggets, a piece, what the most surprising aspect to them of the NFL season is to date. We've only got uh, you know, a month left and the playoffs start, so I want to know. We've had a bunch of summer or off-season predictions and sentiments. I want to know, as of all the stuff that came, came to fruition, what surprises the group the most? First, however, betonline.ag. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and the NHL hitting midseason form, too. BetOnline is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports, wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And it's not just the big four. BetOnline has information available at your fingertips, both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to betonline.ag today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV, believe BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is free money, ladies and gentlemen. Bet online where the game starts. All right, boom. We are the trend zone. We are talking about some surprises around the league. We've got 12 weeks of sample now and six weeks to go before the postseason. And we had a lot of juicy takes in the preseason, the month of August, early September. And now we want to, we don't necessarily revisit those verbatim, but I want to know from the group what are some of the good things that have, or excuse me, what are some of the surprises that we've seen? They don't have to be good; they can be bad. Cody, I'm going to start with you, and this can be anything. This can be a player, this could be a coach, this could be a GM, a team. What is one thing that stood off the page about the 2023 NFL season? Sweet. Well, uh, this is going to correlate with my later surprise, but my first one to start is that NFL offenses have been sputtering, scoring the fewest points per game uh, throughout the first opening six weeks since 2010, and a resurgence from defenses in general surprised me. Since the lockout in 2012, this is a league that has been moving towards favoring the offense. Defenses are now making offenses earn those yards and points, sacrificing multiple short gains to take away the long ball. Essentially, defenses are pigeonholing offenses to make effective plays constantly, hoping their selected aggression is going to pay off. And this shows in a multitude of defensive benchmarks, but maybe none more so than the league average explosive play rate sitting at 10%, the lowest since keeping track of the stat in 2000. A few other benchmarks to note, they got the lowest explosive run rate this year, third lowest offensive success rate in general, along with pass success rate. And QB specifically are averaging the lowest expected added points added per dropback and per pass attempt since keeping track. It's the first time the EPA per dropback mark has ever had an average in the negative, meaning that the standard dropback play in 2023, on average, is more beneficial for the defense than the offense. Offenses in general are following suit with their total EPA and EPA per play, both hitting their lowest mark since, yes again, the year 2000. So defenses, just coming back full swing to battle the trend that these offenses have been on in about the last 12 years, I didn't see it coming this year. 
and I love defense, so I am glad to see some of that. I know uh, a lot of folks are like, blah, so many quarterbacks in this league sucks. You know, why do we need expansion teams? Well, the defense is just as important as offense. I don't care what uh, the world tells you right now. It will always be just as important as offense in this sport. It's just sometimes offense is more exciting, whether it's your fantasy teams or just being in the stands and the, the roar of the crowd after a touchdown. Jason, what's one of your first big surprises? We're going to do two apiece if we have time. What's your first one? Cody, I, I got to say, first and foremost, though, that those are impressive statistics, buddy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously. And, 2,000. And that, that, that's incredible. Two th- yeah. You know, I, I, Dustin, I agree with you about the offense. Everybody wants to see the offense. But, you know, I'm kind of sick of that, too, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm like, I, I, you know, I've been watching my Broncos who I'm going to just going to throw them out there. That, that's a huge surprise. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a surprise from what my preseason prediction was for them, because I figured that they were going to be reasonably respectable uh, a little bit earlier but uh, <laughs> to, to come back from what they were in uh, six weeks ago um, is is surprising, to say the least. But mm-hmm. um, to match what you just said, Cody. You know, having a game manager quarterback putting up, you know, maybe 19 touchdowns to four picks, not extremely sexy, but I'm really comfortable and okay watching that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, I know th- two years, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, I'm just clamoring, man, I'd go b- give anything to go back to that 2013 season, Peyton Manning putting up 55 touchdowns, but you know what, I'm, I'm comfortable going back to the way it was in 1996, <laughs> You know, um, where, like. yeah, it is, you know, a quarterback getting 30 yard, uh, 30 touchdowns is leading the league, you know, yeah, uh, it, it's like a race to see who can confine each other to 20 points or less. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So yeah, my, I mean, my, I just got to get it out of the way being a big time Homer here, but I have to go with my Broncos. Uh, that's a nice, pleasant surprise. Um, so I'll, uh, you know, and, and obviously, uh, what they've done over the last five weeks, yeah, I think it's pretty 80, surprising. They've allowed 80 points since they've allowed 70. You're right. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. It uh Vance Joseph uh for president. What I think, uh Jason, <laughs> about the Broncos being a surprise to piggyback on what you said is like I picked them to be in the wild card. I picked them to be the six or seven seed. I can't remember. So kind of agreeing with you that that they're at this spot now isn't surprising. However, when they were one in five, was it? Yeah. Uh, Sean Payton sounded like an asshole saying we're going to be like the Lions and we're going to start winning games. We're like, really? Because yeah. they got rid of Randy Gregory and Frank Clark. And we're like, oh, this is how you're going to get better. Is you're going to get rid of your two edge rushers? That's smart. Yeah. You dipshit. Turns out they were yeah. just assholes. Yeah. And it turns out he was right. And it's, it's not that those two guys caused the 70 point burger at the Dolphins, but something no. wasn't right. So everything that he said in that press conference that sounded like a joke turned out to be true and somehow getting load of two guys who are good, Randy Gregory and Frank Clark. Well, and then, yeah, but then, and then, and then, you know, I mean, I'm listening to Denver podcasts and, you know, there for a while, I just stopped listening. But <laughs> one of the last things I heard was, you know, Hey, you know, I mean, what, if anything, would it take? I mean, you know, would they, what if, what about if they beat the chiefs? I mean, then what were you going to, will you believe then? And then I mean, think about the, the gauntlet of teams that they yeah. I mean, went through. Oh, yeah. I mean, First, uh, it was the Packers who had turned out. They might be pretty decent. Then it was the bills. Then it was the chiefs. Then it was the no, chiefs first chiefs first. Yep. 
then the Bills, then it was the Vikings who won five straight, then it's the Browns who have the best defense in football. So it's not a big crackerjack list of opponents. Yeah, then they put up 27 offensive <laughs> points against the Browns. I mean, well, I've been listening to the statistics on that team pregame. And they got one of the better defenses in decades, apparently. Yeah, yeah they do. Um, unless it comes crashing back down, at least as of a week ago, it was like a top 10, like uh, that in the 2019 Patriots defense were like the best since the Legion of Doom per EPA per play. <laughs> so, right. yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the quiets. This is why the guys, I'll, I'll keep saying this. The Browns just needed about 75% of Deshaun Watson's usual skill set to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. And he wasn't doing that. And then he got hurt. So, um, and, then, and then obviously with uh, um, uh, Chubb going down yeah. to that, that hurt yeah, him as yeah, well. But yeah, that, that was ginormous. That was the yeah, Joe Flacco that. now. Yeah. yeah, I saw yeah. him standing. All I could think about was a Drew Lock hit him on his ass. Remember that slap <laughs> <Yeah>. him on his ass? <laughs> Wes, what's your first surprise uh, to that you have think that has unfolded in the 2023 season you want to lift up? Uh, I will go with uh, Puka Nakua. Yeah. here Here's a, a rookie who kind of came out of nowhere for uh, a lot of people. Uh, 6'2", 210, coming out of BYU. Uh he didn't wow at the combine. Uh, ran a four point six to forty, which is slow for wide receivers. Uh, I think ranked in thirty sec, thirty second at his position in that class. Uh, but here's a guy who uh, is number seven in targets in the league, uh, number five in target rate percentage. And number six in target share percentage. Uh, and you might ask, why is that important to me? Well, for one, targets are earned. Mm-hmm. Uh, targets, quarterbacks aren't targeting players that aren't good or, or haven't earned them. Uh, you know, maybe a, a one-off here or there. But if you're getting that type of volume, you're good. You're a good player. And... For this guy to do this in his rookie year, I don't know if you've seen it over the last two or three weeks, but Cooper Cup has been non-existent. Mm-hmm. He has made Cooper Cup one of the top receivers over the last you know handful of years, non-existent in that offense. Yeah. Part of that could be due to Cup's injury. I you know we don't really know how how much the the preseason injury that that cost him the first. Uh, three games of the season is lingering uh, as the season progresses. But uh, this is a guy, especially with Matthew Stafford on under center that has earned his trust and has a a prominent role on this uh, Rams team. So uh, for a fifth round pick, uh, you know, kudos to him. This was definitely a surprise. What you got, Cody? I actually just saw today and I don't know the exact number, but I kind of guessed to give, context uh it was like the past two years for cooper cup for design to play percentage was resting at like 23 percent and 27 percent and then this year it's at six percent whereas Kuka's is up there i think it was like 17 percent plus kind of like cooper cup's old role so that kind of shows you that you i mean you're you hit the nail on the head cooper cup's been kind of 
pushed to the side a little bit for this Puka Nakua. Well, uh, here's a dirty little secret about Cooper Cup is he's going to be 31 in June. So it wouldn't be weird at all if this is kind of the beginning of his like, oh, he's not an absolute MVP candidate anymore. And usually, truth be told, this is when receivers start slow down in general. You couple that with the injury, which is part of slowing down is getting hurt. And this could be the beginning of the decline of Cooper cup, which means next year he only has 1100 yards or something like that. And then he just gradually goes down to 900, 700. That's how the world works, especially for a player like him. That's getting up there. And then one other note on Puka Nakua, uh, Thor Nystrom. I don't know if any of you guys know him. He is an analyst for fantasy pros. He's been on one of my other shows. He was screaming Puka Nakua's name in September. And a lot of us were like, who I'm not going to go pick that guy up. Why would I go pick him up? And he was right. So uh, I huh. recommend you you follow Thor Nystrom. Uh, he yeah. even had like screenshots to like his brother-in-law that told him to draft Pukunakua. And we would have laughed at that. And we're deep in fantasy as is. So there's always going to be at least one Jim Tank Dells, another one, even though, you know, he was a little bit higher in the third round. And a lot of fantasy leagues come down to who, who can snag one of those guys first uh, to negate a, a future injury on your team or whatnot. Yeah, well, and you mentioned uh, Cooper Cup's descent. Uh, mm-hmm. it, that has, tends to happen even a little bit quicker, coupled mm-hmm. with everything that you mentioned when you got a rising star right behind him like yeah. that. So, yeah, um, and I think I think Nakua is here to stay. Uh, oh yeah, it, it's usually not an accident that you have nine hundred and was it twenty seven yards through week twelve. That's that usually you don't have one hit wonders in their rookie season. There are guys who can spring up, like what was it like? Who was Josh that? Gordon, Mike Fury for the Lions, like in 2000. When was that, West 2007 or eight, where he just had like 1300 yeah. yards and then we never heard about the guy again? Josh Gordon, <laughs> yeah. call me a hater, but I'm not, I'm not buying Puka Nakua top 10 oh, dynasty wide receiver prices. I think Matthew Stafford is just a maniac whenever he's tardy targeting these receivers. So, I mean, I think that. If anything, Puka is a, a pretty good talent with elite coaching and a maniac quarterback who just trusts well, that his guys. That out would there. make sense if Puka was a first rounder. We're talking about a fifth rounder that has it's such true. low. Like this is the good part of true. the draft stock. We always yeah. It, the only thing to really count against them is the draft stock. So I, de- I definitely get that that yeah, argument. I think as well. I just like to see it without Matthew Stafford, and I think that someone like. I think there's a bunch more than 10 receivers that would go bananas oh, in that yeah. same exact role. Yeah, I don't think he's a top 10 wide receiver, but he's also a rookie. And so... he is priced at top 10 on KT- okay. KTC, which is interesting. It's been like a big Twitter point of the past like six weeks because I think he got all the way up to like wide receiver six, which yeah. was pretty nuts. My biggest surprise so far, if you'll follow me for just a second with this roll call, Bill Belichick. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, and possibly Josh Allen will not be in the playoffs. And we were talking about in the uh, AFC, gosh, who, how the hell are these guys? Who's going who's gonna to be the odd man out? Well, we got a bunch of them. Uh, Belichick <laughs> just hasn't figured it out since Brady. Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. Joe Burrow, was what was his? Wrist popped or something. Uh, Justin Herbert is just in a situation that's like, <laughs> are they ever going to be any different? Deshaun Watson's hurt and Josh Allen. It was so funny when the, when the bills lost last weekend, 
I was like, God, they are they are down to desperation. They got to win out now. I was like, who the hell did they play next? I looked it up at Kansas City. It's like, really? Like, your backs are against the wall, and your opponent is probably the worst possible thing you could draw up on a whiteboard is at the Super Bowl champions. So all of those guys, Belichick, Rodgers, Burrow, Herbert, Watson, and maybe Josh Allen are not going to be in the postseason, which is mind-boggling to me. As, as those guys are standalone assets or personalities, you would have won a lot of money if you would have had all six of those guys maybe not being in the postseason. Yeah. All right, Cody, what's your final surprise that has emerged in 2023? Yeah, just to correlate with my last surprise, uh, just how hard it is to play quarterback in this league. 54 quarterbacks have thrown at least 10 passes in 2023, yet only about 16 seem relevant to success. That's feels like it's being generous. Uh, quarterbacks are currently scrambling more than ever with the scramble per drop back rate hitting 5% for the first time through this point in the season. They're also currently sitting at a sack rate of 7.2%, which is just downright wrong, and it's going to hinder any offense. Uh, there were just two quarterbacks with 13 or more years of starting experience who started week one in 2023, and that includes Aaron Rodgers' grand total of four plays. And that is a steep drop from just five years ago which featured nine such quarterbacks. More importantly, there were 15 quarterbacks who were years who were between years one and four starting in week one this year. Nearly half of the league featured a quarterback on their rookie contract, whereas in 2018, there were just eight rookie contract quarterbacks. The average age from uh, drop from week one starters in 2022 to 2023 was the third largest decline since at least 1950. Side note, this overall offensive trend hasn't really affected the Dolphins, who have been putting up historic numbers and are also doing things like having the highest touchdown rate in the red zone in the history of the NFL, despite rates being depressed league-wide, a.k.a. Mike McDaniel is very good at this thing. Probably coach of the year honors incoming if he keeps this path up, especially with HBO Max um, showing how just what a great coach he is. Defenses are having their moment, and it's going to be interesting to see what offensive coaches cook up and what players emerge because one thing's for sure is the NFL is like a pendulum. You know, every time it swings too far one way, it starts to swing back towards the other way, and it's always going to be like that. So it's going to be real interesting to see as these quarterbacks get older, are they going to – are we just used to all these golden age quarterbacks that kind of seen the door the last couple of years and now we're just being shown what this, you know, young, dumb, and likes to run QB style play is? But um, we'll see who emerges. Obviously, guys like CJ Stroud look great for the future. And, um, like, people like Bryce Young, not so much, which is uh, – Bryce Young is epitome of what they're pigeonholing quarterbacks in the modern century to, you know, um, throwing out and giving to the running back, throwing to the running back, not pushing the ball deep. I think uh, your second to last point there, the retirement or disintegration or just departure of Roethlisberger, Breeze, Brady. Am I missing somebody? There might be one more. Rivers. Rivers. Yeah, we're we're used to those guys. Manning. Yep, doing their their magician work each year, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and that became routine, and now it's gone. So naturally, four or five other dudes have to spring up to replace that, and you do have you know, C.J. Stroud coming on strong, but the seamlessness or at least the reliability we had in those titans of industry is gone. 
So you get guys that are trying to carve out their own space. And for now, there's just a little bit of a deficiency. And that's why we have sloppy offense. I think that's I think that's why we're at. And plus, over the, the last decade, it's become such a quarterback sport, like based on how people perceive, write, you know, the billboards. It, it is about the quarterback. And when you have, you know, play that's like, well, this isn't how Philip Rivers used to do it or Rosberg yep. used to be better than this. The standard and, and, is a little different. And I feel like my last point got kind of lost there as I was rambling. I wanted to say that Bryce Young is, was essentially the number one overall pick because he was being pigeonholed into that. Um, what I was saying earlier about how the defenses are keying in on what type of offensive plays we're doing and explosive plays. Bryce Young went all the way to the top of the draft because he was not an explosive QB. If that makes sense, it's <laughs> it's insane how to see how much it, of effect the defensive trends have had just on offense alone. Because if you look at our history in the league, CJ Stroud should have went over Bryce Young 10 times out of 10, without a doubt. And all they're worried about is someone who could dink and dunk five yards down the field and be right 99 out of 100 pass attempts. Well, CJ Stroud was at the top of my board. I even have a vikingsterritory.com article to prove it because that was my endorsement. It was for the Vikings to trade whatever necessary to get into the top 10 and draft CJ Stroud. I only had one endorsement and that was that. Uh, I don't know. It probably would have cost an arm and a leg, but nobody would have cared right now. Uh, Jason, what's your last big surprise so far? 12 weeks in the NFL season. Well, my, the, you guys both just touched on these guys. Uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. So Stroud ends up going, again, I, I touched on this last week uh, or two weeks ago, last time we were we were on, and I, I find it just incredible that uh, a rookie quarterback goes to a team with a rookie coach, <laughs> a defensive coach, <laughs> And is having this kind of success. It's incredible to see, uh, really. Um, you know, I'm obviously um, pretty nervous to play those guys this year. Um, you know, you don't see that often. It's always the young quarterback with the offensive guy, mm-hmm. which was in Carolina, <laughs> right? Yeah. You have Bryce Young, who gets paired with who, I mean, up until this year, I, I thought Frank Reich had a, Pretty, I mean, Cody, you were talking about him potentially for the Broncos head coach a few years ago. Remember when we had Albright yeah, on? I, and I was saying that in disgust. No, well, I but I mean, I, I always thought Fra- Frank Wright was a reasonably decent offensive head coach. Um, So you got him with Bryce Young and that, well, I mean, look at how that's going. So that those two situations um are surprising because of the coach pairing uh, for me. Um. And uh, maybe I'm making more of a big deal out of that than needs to be. But I just uh, that's that's hard for me. I still have a hard time wrapping my head around how a young quarterback rookie can go to a team coached by a rookie defensive coach and have such success. It's just you don't you don't see that. It is the holy grail of team building. Because it is because you won't have to replace a defensive coordinator when he gets too good. And then you won't. Just it won't if CJ Stroud is the real deal in this setup, it should be sustainable because he's only going to get better. And it's like what you dream of because both well, sides of the ball are covered. It is. It, I guess you could say that the Patriots had that right with because mm-hmm. Belichick yeah. was yep. the defensive guy and then they get break. So, yeah, but that's the only other time that I remember seeing it. 
yeah, that, <clears throat> it is. It, it would be a wonderful time to be a Texans fan because you have those elements. And this is all we 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 made fun of the Texans wide receiving core on this show. And if if he's able to, if Stroud's able to win Rookie of the Year, which he will, and become a top ten quarterback based on this year's numbers <laughs> with a bunch of schmucks that we perceived, they're only going to add dudes. As oh a, yeah, whether it's free agency or the draft, and now it's a great location to go play. Yeah, and Stroud was one of the youngest quarterbacks in that draft, well, like one of the few guys that wasn't 24 already. So he's not one of these guys that's starting at 24 or 25. He was either 21 or 22. And <laughs> yeah, two things. Uh, I don't want to leave this rookie conversation without mentioning it. Anthony Richardson is still top eight dynasty quarterback. This guy <laughs> is going to set the league on fire next year. Uh, but also. Uh, you you missed out on Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. That's another one. Com- yeah. The combination defensive head coach and rookie quarterback. Well, we, well, we're still not certain what Pete Carroll is, though. Because remember, we thought that he might have actually been secretly an offensive guy after what he did with Geno Smith, right? Yeah. Uh, Wes, what's your final surprise so far of 2023? Uh, I want to jump in on the, the quarterback fine before we leave it. Um Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Aiden O'Connell, Tyson Bajan, Will Levis, Clayton Toon, Jaron Hall, and Tommy DeVito. Uh, Tommy DeVito. Ten. Ten rookie quarterbacks starting NFL games this year. That's an NFL record. Uh, That was cool to see. Um Who's Tommy DeVito? Giants quarterback group 12 miles from the stadium. Giants Um, third stringer that's uh, Giants. Yeah. He's a future Uh, movie. NFL's a copycat league. (laughs) We've seen it time and time before. Um, Everybody's trying to copy the tush push this year. And nobody can fucking pull it off. Nobody pulls it off but the Philadelphia fucking Eagles. Um, I, I've seen so many teams try and run it, and I see the quarterback limp off the field afterwards. Um, I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen uh, in the offseason, but I, I could see some ruling coming down to – in fairness to take that away from the Eagles, but we'll, we'll see what happens. It, right now it's, you know, one of the more unstoppable plays in the sport. Uh, it gets to fourth and one or uh, you know, third and goal from the one that, you know, it's coming and it teams just can't stop it. The success rate is astronomical and, you know, other teams have tried to copy it and, can't it's just it's one of those plays that's just been surprising i figured with a full off season teams would be installing it like they have and i i figured they would have more success with it but they really haven't no they're the only ones that can pull it off and i tweeted this i think two weeks ago and i i, I wasn't kidding it sounded like i was being facetious but if the eagles are in the nfc championship or in the super bowl and they've got a four-point lead or seven-point lead with eight minutes to go, I swear to God, they should run that every single play because not only do they convert it on fourth and one, they usually get like three, four yards. So I think to wind down the clock, to demoralize the opposition, I seriously think this is more than just a video game thing. I think they should just try it 
every single yeah. play. And, <laughs> and you know, if you get to third and six and it didn't work, well, then stop it. But I don't think it's going to get there. I think I think it's going to be first and 10, second and seven, third and four, fourth and one converted. And you could just wind <laughs> out the clock. And I'm and I could see the Saints having success with it with Taysom Hill behind center. Uh, but I could see this offseason if no ruling comes down to change, mm-hmm. you know, how that's governed um, rather than have the quarterback taking the snap. They they would have, you know, a, a tight end or, or one of the, the bigger body players that could could push the pile. Yeah. And I'm, I, go ahead. I'm thinking it, it might be here to stay and they're going to start faking off of this thing. <laughs> you see it in college already. They're already faking off of this. And we're going to see, we're going to wait, like open our eyes 15 years from now and every play's going to start with this formation. <laughs> uh, my, my final surprise is kind of obscure and I touched on it last week, but I have to lift it up. Sam Howell is on pace to throw for 4,700 yards and 26 touchdowns. Now, I know a naysayer, and I don't really care about the guy, uh, so naysayers are welcome, would say, well, he takes so many sacks. Yeah, I understand that. The guy's 23, and this is his first year starting, and he can he has shown the gumption to mass produce to the tune of 4,700 yards and 26 touchdowns. Uh, it's really weird to find a starting quarterback from the fifth round. We always point to the Brady example. And we're like, well, yeah, look at him. I swear to God, that's like the only guy. He and Ryan Fitzpatrick or undrafted examples like Tony Romer, Tony Romo or Kurt Warner. Almost anybody that comes from the fifth round or later, Brock Purdy's getting there. It's usually a burial ground for quarterbacks. If your team drafts a quarterback in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round, you should peg that guy as a backup quarterback because backup quarterbacks have to come from somewhere and they come from the round five, six, or seven. But Sam Howell is showing that he's, I think he is showing the building box to be a trust, trustworthy starter. Now he's got to legislate out some of the curious stuff, but what rookie quarterback doesn't have to do that besides Patrick Mahomes or I guess CJ Stroud now. So I, I didn't think Howell was going to be more than just a guy, but he ranked 16th in the NFL per EPA and CPOE, which is like, if this guy was a first rounder, we'd be like, well, man, he's really doing the thing. But it's kind of an unsung thing because he came from so late. He's on a pretty bad football team. I think if we get to the draft and the commanders have no interest in a quarterback, it'll be kind of like the Lions in the past couple of years where we ask, aren't they going to draft their guy? It's like, no, they just like Jared Goff. I think that's what Sam Howell might be turning into. And truth be told, if they did say, you know, we don't need you, it'd be a little weird just to throw some guy who in his first year as a starter through 4,700 yards. He deserves an audition to be a quarterback with the commanders or if a theoretical new regime doesn't want him. Um, at the very least, I think Sam Howell can be a starter in this league until he turns into a pumpkin. But uh, even his bad games so far, uh, he isn't a complete imbecile. So uh, he's on my list of surprises because I had him pegged as just an average dude. Whereas, you know, Wes, I think Wes snatched him up in some fantasy drafts and said, you know, watch for this guy. He's turning out for the context of a first year starter at age 23. <laughs> this is a dream come true. Fifth rounder throwing 4,700 yards. It is Washington. He might they might get the Kirk Cousins treatment over there and franchise him a few. He he pretty much is. Like this is what Cousins did. Well, yeah, and Cousins was a fourth rounder, right? Yeah, Cousins was so. a fourth rounder, and he didn't he didn't really get a chance to lead the enterprise until year four. 
He had to sit behind RG3 in 2012, 2013. Cousins got in towards the end of 2014, and they gave them the, the scepter in 2015. So, yeah, I don't know. For Commanders fans, they might be like, oh, God, this is just Kirk all over again. But, uh, you know, you could be in a worse position, I'll say it that well, way. Well, they don't have the same owner over there anymore, thank yeah, God. Yeah, no, so. no, it's it's Magic Johnson, and he... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I get a, a kick out of Magic's shtick. It's like, it's every night, I think he has like a timer that says, oh, let me go on and compliment people. Let me go on there and have some constructive criticism of my enterprises. It's like magic. Magic's like the ultimate motivator. <laughs> he, is. he is. Every tweet is just like a congratulations thing. And it's like, uh, I wish I could be that cool where I could just tweet that kind of stuff all day long. Like, Hey, look how well the, this NHL team did tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as a, as a Washington fan, you got to be a heck of a lot more encouraged these days than yeah. you were just a year ago. Yeah, I think it's yep. be- it is because of that ownership, and I'm guessing that they let Ron Rivera go here in about a month. Um, I don't think Jack Del Rio getting canned will save Rivera. And usually, an ownership group wants their own guy, and they're just the the Commanders are basically doing the same thing that they've done the last few years, which is have a seven and nine, seven and ten ceiling. Don't do that, and then you're like, all right, now what do we do? Did any of you guys see? Uh, uh, Staley's face at the end of that game, that Chargers game. I, I honestly genuinely felt so sorry for him. He just looked so scared and, you know, like he's like, oh man. I mean, yeah, poor he's, guy. He's the opposite of Demeco Ryan's. He's a, a defense first head coach. He was the defensive coordinator in Los Angeles. Yeah. And he can't, he can't get that team with all the talent in the world to be a consistently sound defensive team. And yep. uh, the reason I know so much about him is because I'm pretty certain that if Brian Flores skips town from Minneapolis and goes to yep. coach the Patriots, that they're probably going to go pluck Staley as defensive Ugh. coordinator. Looking ahead. All right, guys, we are up against it for runtime, but we'll be back next week. Uh, you guys be spitballing something you want to chat about for our weekly topic, and we'll talk to everyone in seven days. All right. I'm thankful for week 13 because I don't have to watch the Vikings lose. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, oh, man. until next week, take it easy. All right, good night, guys. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.